Today is Acts 2, uh, telling the story of Pentecost as we launch a new sermon series. Here's our scripture. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these all who speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us who hears them in our native languages? We'll skip ahead. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. In the last day, God says, I will pull out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders as in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Will you bow your heads and pray with me now? Jesus, thank you for this time. We thank you for these scriptures. We pray, God, that you would open us up to receive your revelation. God, give us your vision as your people. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to uh, North Online Worship. Um, my name's Scott. Again, I'm the lead pastor here at Bethany North. Makes me very proud and happy to say that I am your pastor. Today we start a new series called Be Thou My Vision. It's a three-week uh, uh, sermon series. My message today is entitled Be Thou My Vision Week One. Uh, look around. Next week Raul will talk about looking back, and then the following week I'll talk about looking ahead. And as we're kind of welcomed into this Be Thou My Vision series. It's a three-week series aiming to center us on this strange season, on the promises of God, when we're looking for direction on the future for our lives and relationships and our pursuits and our passions. I want to tell you a story as we get going. When I was a young man, I was 22, I was driving around the country trying to figure out the vision for my life. Six months, 25,000 miles through the lower 50 states. I'm looking for America, but I'm also hoping to continue to discern, God, what is the vision for my life? Before I left, someone told me, if you get to Philly, you got to look up Father Francis. Francis ran a soup kitchen with a bunch of Franciscan monks under Kensington Avenue in downtown Philadelphia, one of the most impoverished and dangerous parts of the city. And I did. I was 22. I spent a few days with Father Francis, serving in the kitchen and observing his ministries, trying to be a help. And on the final day, I got to sit down with him and have a cup of tea with him. And he had this incredible joy from looking around what God was doing all around. And, and I just was able to ask him, how did you know this was the vision of your life? And he just had such joy pouring out of him. And he says, God, look, just look at all the people we get to love. Look at all the things we get to do to make God's name really big here in this part of the city. Looking around, he said, there's so much more we get to do. See, his, his vision got to inform his mission. And so he just had this really clear ability on what, uh, to, to serve people around because God had given him a really clear vision to love other people well. 
And so, as we start this series of Be Thou My Vision, we want to we launch this series of this encouragement from the scriptures that God does enable his vision to be received by us as people and encourages us to, to look around and to be people of justice and mercy and intimacy with God and others. And, and the revelation that the Spirit wants to give us to make our lives have purpose That brings us to today, Pentecost Sunday, the traditional day of celebration of the giving of the Spirit. For the last 2,000 years, the church calendar has has marked this as the starting point for us to understand the vision of our life is to be filled with God's presence, His Spirit. And so I just want to talk about three things today. I want to talk about the Spirit, which allows us to really see God's vision. And then second, I want to talk and encourage you to continue to see God speaking in your life. And third, I want us to be people on mission together. And this is our big idea today, that God's vision for your life is to experience his presence and change the world as you follow him. So let's kind of dive in here. The, number one, the Spirit allows you to see God's vision. Uh, the Spirit allows you to see God's vision. The Holy Spirit is the, the giver of any real vision, the spirit, which is God's presence. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And if you put yourself back 1,988 years and 50 days, it was Pentecost Sunday. Jesus was crucified. He was resurrected. He spent some time being with his disciples. And as he ascended to heaven, he said, wait for the vision, wait for the presence, wait for the comforter. And they waited for 10 days, day after day after day. It's like patience and perseverance and waiting upon the Lord have always been key facets of following Jesus. And so there they were all gathered together wondering what's going to happen next. They didn't know what it was going to look like or what it was going to sound like. And all Jesus had said is just wait for it. And for 10 days they did. And meanwhile, what was going on in Jerusalem's time was the Jewish festival called Shavuot, which means the festival of weeks. And it's 50 days after Passover. So there's Jewish people from all over that were gathering to remember what God did on Mount Sinai. Now, all the way back in the Old Testament, Sinai was a time when God commissioned his people uh, to be his flesh and blood, his representation. Sinai was, was where God spoke to his people. There's this Jewish teaching that says the entire world was silent at Sinai, as if every living thing was listening for God to give us a vision of himself. That's what the rabbis taught. That back then in Sinai, when God was speaking, that tongues of fire came out. So what Luke says here in Acts 2, he's telling us this story about the disciples after Jesus had ascended. They're together in Jerusalem in the upper room, and and then the Spirit came. And it's incredible. We celebrate it every year. You listen to this key verse from Acts 2. We have this slide. Acts 2, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So church, to have a vision for what God might do next is to believe that the spirit is the one that allows you to see God's vision. These things are connected There is no Christian faith without the Holy Spirit. And though we typically almost underemphasize the Spirit in many of our Protestant settings, the Spirit is part of the Trinity, part of God himself. The Spirit cannot be ignored or minimized. And the Spirit awakening us to a new reality all around us. 
Our challenge is, is not to be distracted from that. The world is so loud in our ears and the spirit is saying, I am the presence of Christ. I long to dwell within you. I long to give you a vision for, for how to be people on mission in your community. If only you can pay attention. You can live a life of mission when you're connected to God's vision. But like many of us, like I struggle with distractions too for that clamoring for the immediacy of my stress or anxiety or my fears. And so this series, for just a couple weeks, we're going to go deep in what does it mean to have a Christian vision? There's no vision that's not informed by Christ. Vision is the destination of where you are going. Vision will help you overcome places of brokenness or hurt from your past. Vision will give your home meaning and purpose and a foundation. Vision will give purpose to the way that you do live your life, spend your money, to that you pray your prayers. To have vision is necessary for every follower of God. It's not just for leaders or entrepreneurs or certainly not pastors. No, just as God's people, we need a vision because vision will say you can use your life, your gifts, this season you're in to make the world a better place, to love God and love others. Vision is about God bringing you to life. Life without vision feels very ordinary. Vision helps you pray with purpose. Not delusion, but vision. Both delusion and vision are things that only you can see, but delusion makes you see things that aren't actually true. So how do you know when something is a vision? Well, it aligns with scripture. It's been validated by mentors and respected Christian friends. It's been prayed over. It's focused on Jesus and his teachings and the Spirit of God has brought it to life in you. And so, church, I'll just ask you, like, as we come out of COVID, like, what's the vision for your future? What's a vision for a relationship that needs repaired? What's a vision for a business that needs beginning or a class that needs to be more engaged in so you do better this semester? It, it's your vision, not mine. But allow the Spirit to confirm a word in your life. Vision makes your life livable because the God of the universe longs to see you springing to life. Jesus had a vision fueled by the spirit to change the whole world. Like remember what Jesus said? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says this in Luke, because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's like, it's the spirit that's given me a mission. The spirit is essential to see God's vision. There's this Jan Richardson poem um, about Pentecost Sunday that Heather shared with me, what the fire gives. The whole poem is really beautiful. But I'll just read these lines from the conclusion about, about the significance of Pentecost Sunday. She writes, What came as the greatest gift was to be so heard in the place of your deepest silence, to be so seen within the blazing, to be met with such completeness by what the fire gives. You got you to gotta, you read the whole poem. It's beautiful. But what Richardson is saying is at Pentecost, the gift of the Spirit is a free gift for any of us to connect with God's presence and give our life purpose. The vision for your life, 
through the Spirit. And so if you need more vision, you're going to need more Spirit. These things are connected. Vision, I already said earlier, but it's for house husbands and housewives and for corporate workers and for entrepreneurs and underemployed and the curious and the broken and the whole. It's for us all. So we need the Spirit to give us a vision. And then secondly, as God's people, we're going to be looking for revelation because we believe that God is still speaking everywhere. Like looking at what God has done is the best way to be reminded of his grand vision of the world. It's not just that God longs to bring a revelation through creation and through scriptures and he's speaking. We must learn to see God moving all around us. Like this is how our faith becomes activated when we say God is still speaking. See, we were created to know and worship God. Okay, I've heard that one before. He wants us to be aware. He wants us to be awake like revelation in, in scripture, certainly, in community, in a great meal with loved ones, in creation. Like if we want to be connected for God's vision in our life, we've got to look around and see where God is speaking all around us. God's revelation is way bigger than a church service or a sermon. No, God is revealing himself constantly to his people. Because if you think about it, to begin with, God didn't start by planting churches. He revealed himself in nature. God spoke from stars and bushes and donkeys and still small voices. It's like God saying, look around. Listen to this incredible text from Psalm 104. Psalm 104, psalmist writes, praise the Lord my soul. Lord my God, you're very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. We've got to continue to be awake and aware. And I long for us as a church to be looking for revelation all around, hearing God speaking in order to fulfill God's purpose and God's vision. I've got this painting that hangs in my office. It's of St. Francis of Assisi. It was a gift from Heather on my 30th birthday from this little Italian artist that is actually from Assisi who we met on our honeymoon. And in the painting, and I think we have the image here, you see Francis and he's praying and the sun is coming up and the birds are out and it's like this beautiful picture to be awake, to keep looking because God is speaking everywhere. We've got to pay attention. I don't have a lot hanging on my walls right now, but that painting is, and it teaches me every day, don't stop looking for where God wants to reveal himself. And finally, the third point, being Christian means being people sent on mission. Friends, life is too short to live a boring life. And so being reminded of God's grand vision will allow us to humbly serve and support others and to live these really big stories, being people on mission. Because vision and mission are intermeshed through the life of Christ. Like that's, Christ often revealed great truths to people on the margins. It's like he saved his biggest teachings for people that didn't fit into common places. 
I mean, and how often do we hear this in our own Christian stories? Like someone's like, oh, I went off to serve and then I experienced God in powerful ways. This happens all the time. We experience vision when we step out and serve others. It is impossible to separate God's vision from mission because being on mission is what it means to be Christian. Our lives should bless the world. Considered a core theology from Micah 6, 8. Like we have this text up for you. We've t- taught it over and over and over again. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so, like even as we wrap up this this. Uh, time of the common compassion in order to bless this ministry to unhoused people in the city. Like, may we be committed to justice and mercy and humility with open eyes, enabling us to see both of God's glory and beauty and to live these abundant lives where we're being sent on mission, not just across the world, but into our own neighborhood, into our own job. Like, that we would be a blessing. Last Friday night, Uh, 40 people showed up to take a cooking class at our church and learn more about Asian American history from Wing Luke Museum. It was sponsored by Norse Ministry of Racial Justice and Reconciliation Leaders, and I'm super grateful they put it on. It was this incredible event, cooking and learning solidarity and showing anyone involved this church loves God and loves others in solidarity and learning and in a posture of relationship and humility that we're willing just to see where Asian American discrimination has happened in our city and say it shouldn't be that way and to make good food and all of it happened on Zoom, but it just was beautiful. And after the event, a friend of mine texted me and this is um, something he hadn't said to me before. He said, I'm so proud to be part of this church. So where do we go from here? Be thou my vision. What does that mean in plain language? Jesus, be the vision of our lives. Like, activate us. Bring us to life. That Acts 2.17, that young men and women would see visions, and old men and women would dream dreams. That we would hunger to live a life of purpose and meaning by looking around for what God is still saying to be present to our lives, not to miss it. And, and that's what we're hungry for that as a church, that we're people being sent on mission because of God's vision, that we are connected because what the Spirit is doing in our lives. Like, we're not just Christians from way back. Like, we're encountering the Spirit. We're, we're seeking revelation. We're being sent on mission that our lives would have this grand vision. I think for many people, vision kind of is a COVID casualty, right? Because it's like vision, man. I hope to get groceries at Costco without getting sick. But we're in a new time and place as we're coming out of the last year. What does God want to say to you, church? Where does he want to bring you to life? What vision does he want to birth in you? And as we call the band back up and get ready for our response song, I want to tell you just a final story. This is a story uh, about our senior associate pastor, Raul. And Raul not only plays bass, but he's a friend. And also sometimes he asks me really hard questions. And then the other day he's like, Scott, I feel like you haven't been talking enough about what your vision is. 
like you just, you know, led this meeting and you, it all was fine and the numbers and the words and the this and the that, but like, what's your vision, Scott? And it shook me a little bit and it had me reflect a little bit. Well, okay, the vision that God spoke over my life was help make the church matter again. This church, which turned a strip club into a coffee shop, is now dreaming about what's next, that we would make church fun again. And Raul just like spoke this really challenging and encouraging word to me of like, hey, wake up the vision in your life. It was very helpful, actually. As we get ready to sing this final song, I want to just remind you, church, that God has a very big vision for your life. Not to necessarily do something way out in the future, but to bring his spirit to life within you. And so we're going to sing this song, Be Thou My Vision, a song the church has sang for hundreds of years, which is actually a perfect place to start vision because it's saying that real vision is just what Christ wants to do in our life, that we don't have to go out and like do all these crazy, amazing things. Like the vision of our life is centered on who God says we are, being full of his spirit, being aware and awake because God is still speaking. And then being sent on a mission. But I don't want you thinking like 40 years from today. I want you to be thinking about the child in your house that needs some extra support this afternoon. I want you to be thinking about the aging neighbor that needs a meal or just a a wave, like they're very lonely from the last week. I want you to be thinking about the job, not the next job that you might get, what God is doing in your life right now, that you would go to work tomorrow with purpose. I want us to be people of mission into our actual lives, looking around. So I want you to sing this song. One of the things I love about my friend Nathan is when he sings this song, he sings it like he believes it. And I know that worship is hard in a time of COVID, but may we as a church, as we sing this response song, may these words be thou my vision. May they be our words for this time and place. Would you pray with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for this word. Thank you for your encouragement that you are the vision of our life. You long to give us your spirit, that you want us to be aware and you want us to be sent onto a mission field of our actual lives, to be filled with purpose and meaning. God, may your spirit wake your church up. May you draw people together. May you minister to the lonely and the hurting and the discouraged and the shame-filled, God. May your spirit fall in new and powerful ways. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.